Giving you the real from A to Z surrounding the Dallas Cowboys. News, updates, rumors, transactions, takes, and more. So strap up, Cowboys Nation, and start your day off with A to Z Sports. Live with Will Steele. Three, two, one. Here we go! Blazer Sky, do that Sky. <laughs> Good morning. Good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live. We're streaming live on YouTube. And of course, I am your host, Will. Not Blazer, not Durag. Just Skywalker still. <laughs> Boom! Honestly, it all depends. That's up to y'all. Yeah, whether you get Durag or Blazer Sky, we're keeping it a bait. Coming up today, we have a good show lined up for y'all. We're turning the page to the Washington football people, but I'm doing it in a little bit of a different way. I got five things to watch for, and it's really five things to improve on if we keep it at a bean that the Cowboys need to do to close out this 2023 season and I hate to even say that we're at the end of the season man jeez in the roundup we got some transactions and uh before we get to my five things of course it's Thursday so you know what that means our guy Patrick Nosey Walker is coming through the scientific method he's going to give us the goods that is happening down there at the star the latest that is happening down there at the star and there's a lot really to talk about uh, in regards to transactions, you got the injuries, you got call-ups, you got a whole lot going on. We're going to talk to Pat about it. But what's good, Bomb Squad? Bomb Squad! I, uh, somebody said the do-rag. So, shout out to my guy, Reg, 105.3 The Fan. Only handful of those dudes I fool with. And Reg is definitely one of them. And I happened to be on my, my, my YouTube, right, on my phone. And I said... Is that Reg with a do-rag going on? <laughs> I didn't know they let him do that. You know, but shouts out to my guy, Reg. With the do-rag Reg. I had to hit him up. Um, yeah, man, good stuff lined up today. I, we do have Pat at the top of the hour, so we got like 15 minutes here. You know, I want to talk about this whole Pro Bowl thing, and, and I want to talk about some of the transactions, and we'll um, we'll smooth on in to, to Patrick Nosey Walker, all right? Let's get into it. I don't got much time before it gets here. Then I want to talk to y'all because this will be the last the last phone session of the regular season. Tomorrow we will not have phones. We got a Koye on. And then after that, it's playoffs. It's phones for the playoffs. So let's go ahead and get into it. It's time. It's time. It's time. Time. It is time for. It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Let me talk to you. This beat just hit for me. Let me talk to you, Cowboys Nation, about the signings yesterday. Yeah, the Cowboys signed four different players to the practice squad, essentially heading into the playoffs. And Damian Wilson was one of them. Now, the reason why I didn't lead off with Lyle Collins, because weird day yesterday, man. I mean, it's never easy with Lyle, right? It's just never cut and dry. It's always something. But yesterday, we started off the roundup. Hey, Lyle Collins signed. 
then after the show it's like well not really they're still working things out he visited buffalo buffalo in dallas we were, we're working out the details then later on in the evening breaking news lyle collins did officially sign well so did damian wilson former dallas cowboys linebacker and jokingly uh we talked about how lyle may not have a shot at playing unless you know hit glass case of emergency but damian wilson might the cowboys only have a handful of linebackers really one real linebacker but two they use that linebacker and that's it so you could see wilson maybe not not brought up this week but the next week they brought up buddy uh that that's his name buddy last week they probably will do it again and save damian wilson's call-ups for the free ski for the playoffs so he gets signed who else got signed scott well lyle collins officially got signed and then there were two other players who got signed that makes me go, hmm. What do you mean by that? Wide receiver Racy McMath. What a name, by the way. Racy McMath. You know how the kids are saying the math ain't mathing? I just know he liked the McMath ain't mathing. <laughs> what you say now, Chuck? <laughs> I love having corny dad jokes. So this McMath ain't math into me, man. Um, why would the Cowboys sign? Uh, first off, let me start with the wide receiver, and then we'll get to the running back. So the Cowboys signed Racy McMath, and they already have two wide receivers on the practice squad, right? Moreno Cropper and Martavis Bryant. So why sign another wide receiver? Is the Martavis Bryant thing not working out? I'm just curious. I'm asking questions. I'm not insinuating. I'm just curious. Maybe I'll ask Patrick Nosey Walker about that here in a few minutes. I just, hmm. I don't necessarily think you need another wide receiver. Okay. We'll see what's up. The other guy they signed was actually a, a Irving, Texas product. Sir Roderick Thompson, Texas Tech running back. This also is intriguing to me because, you know, I don't think they really want to call up Malik Davis at this point. They're keeping Malik Davis on the practice squad, but if he were to get, quote unquote, called up, he would have to be signed to the 53-man roster. He is out of free call-ups. So the Cowboys said, okay, we'll sign a running back, and now we get three new ones. However... There's also the Dalvin Cook thing that's out there. You're going to talk about that with Patrick Nosey Walker as well. Is this them protecting themselves in case the Dalvin Cook thing does not work out, which there has been reports of interest? Again, we'll talk about that. Because they could not, in my opinion, go into the playoffs with one healthy running back on the 53-man roster, another running back, that would have to be put on a roster by cutting someone else. So they really had to go get a running back. And, and, and you said, well, what about Rico Dotto? Well, Rico Dotto was hurt. He's one week, he's playing, and next week he's, he's a hurt guy. You really can't count on Rico Dotto. And they really, they don't really, they don't really give Rico any work anyway. And we had the conversation um, about Rico 
Or I'm sorry, about the run game. And we'll continue to have it. Trust and believe. You just hold tight. You just hold tight. So these are just some things I'm pondering on, on, on this uh, on these acquisitions on the practice squad, man. That's the beauty of when you have a Cowboy-centric show like this, we can talk about practice squad additions. Um, and they could mean something, for those guys at least. Pro Bowl was announced yesterday, and the Cowboys are sending seven to the Pro Bowl. Now, y'all know how I feel about the Pro Bowl. Let's play the game. Is he a Pro Bowl player? Two different things. Let's list these seven guys, and I think they, they got them right here. Micah Parsons, I mean, yes, he is a Pro Bowl player. By the way, if you're new, you're like, what are you talking about, Sky? I, I think Pro Bowl is whack because it's just fan votes and all that. Back in the day, it felt better. To me, there's a difference between being selected to the Pro Bowl and being a Pro Bowl player. Micah Parsons, clearly a Pro Bowl player. Dak Prescott, clearly a Pro Bowl player. CeeDee Lamb, clearly a Pro Bowl player. Deron Bland, clearly Pro Bowl player. Brian Anger, Pro Bowl player. Braden Aubrey, All-Pro. He's going All-Pro. Well, so is Lamb and Dak. And Micah. Here's where it gets funky. Zach Martin. I'm not going to lie. I think he's a Pro Bowl player, but I don't know about his competition. I I don't know who else is out there playing at that high level at the guard spot. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was a point in time you wouldn't even think about Zach Martin. Zach Martin, we talking about, man, all pro. Ain't even worry about no Zach Martin. But, but, removing my homer hat, Zach Martin is not the all-world demigod that he once was. So when that happens, I would need to know about other right guards. Are they playing better than Zach Martin? That I don't know. So I do think it's it's interesting to say, is he really a pro bowler? I don't know. Now, who got snubbed to y'all? Who got snubbed to y'all? Let's talk about that for a quick second. Let's bring you back here. I got a couple names. I feel really strongly about one of them. Uh, if you would have asked me maybe a month ago, I would have felt just as strongly about the other. And then there's one where it's like, I get it. The one I feel really strongly about is Demarcus Lawrence. I think Demarcus Lawrence uh, is one of the best defensive ends in the league. Uh, it, because what he's asked to do right now is not generate 10 to 15 sacks. He's the best, without a shadow of a doubt, run-stopping defense end in the league. He also generates pressures, right? Might not get all the sacks. Only got like four or five of them. But he does affect the passer, just doesn't get the sacks. But he gets a lot of tackles for loss, too. Might not be an 8 to 10-yard sack, but it could be a 2 to 3 to 4-yard loss. Almost as good as a sack. Nonetheless, I think D-Law has just been, I think he's been one of your most consistent defensive players on this team and probably, you know, at that position in the league. So I think D-Law, I feel very strongly about D-Law. Right behind D-Law, I feel strongly about Tyler Smith. And the only reason why I don't feel as strongly um, is because Tyler, Tyler started off in Fuego. Tyler was unbelievable for a good month and a half, two months of the season. 
got nicked up, play, you know, play didn't quite match the same level of play as the first month or a month or two of the season for him. But he still played well. I, I still think he he was a Pro Bowl player. Again, this comes down to how well was his peers playing? Was he better than whoever the other guy that got in? That I don't know. But I do know that I love the play of Tyler Smith this year. If he had got elected to the Pro Bowl, I wouldn't have had questions about if he was a Pro Bowl player. I think he played at that level. I just don't know if other guys play higher than him. And then the other one, <clears throat> before I get, back, get into the chat and talk to you all about it, y'all think about Tyron y'all think about Tyron Smith like I get why he didn't go you can't you miss four games potentially five here they might not even play Tyron Smith in this game I, I don't know we'll see I think about it I, I'm pretty sure other other players have made the Pro Bowl missing four and five games so he was a Pro Bowl player when Tyron Smith was out there playing, he was a Pro Bowl player. Damn sure in the pass department. Nobody was blocking better than him at left tackle. So that's the one I got a question mark around, Tyron Smith. So I got Tyron Tyler D-Log. How about Osa? Maybe I, I, my bad. I didn't do I didn't do good enough preparation because when I look at this, when you ask about like Osa or whatnot, I got to go look at the peers as well because I do think Osa is playing at a high level. Uh, obviously a career year, banner year for Osa Digizua. Um, but it's peers, right? Like I, I don't I don't know, but that's a good one. Osa's a good one. Wow, you think Lewis could have been one? I, I don't know, but I don't know if Lewis could have been one, but hmm. Ramsey made it. Yeah. That's when I was thinking about the games, miss, I'm like, wait a minute. I know I think Carson Carson Wentz made it. You know, when he got injured in 2017, he missed the final like four games or something like that. I think he made it. Cooper Rush got snow. <laughs> no, nah, Lewis played enough, but but Lewis Lewis not a pro Pro Bowl player. You know, nah, no, 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 no. Um, let's see, D Law, yeah, Tyler Smith, Cat Williams Jones, crazy. If we if we had if I had one if I had a a Patreon or something like that, I would definitely break down this Cat Williams thing. I, those are my three. Tyron, Tyler, D-Law. I, I really don't think there's really anybody else we're missing here. <laughs> Come on, Jay. I think that's it. Yeah, I'm not really seeing... Osa's a good one. I mean, Osa... Osa, Osa played like a Pro Bowl player a lot this year. I'll say that. 100%. Trent Siege. How about that, Oscar? How you gonna send the punter... The kicker, but not the long snapper. See, that would have never happened when we had um, what's old boy's name that they cut because they didn't want him breaking Jason Witten's record. If we keep him in the LP Latisor, they really cut LP Latisor because they didn't want him to break Jason Witten's record. I'm ten toes on that. Yeah, that don't make any sense. Like if, if you got the best kicker in the league, one of if not the best punter in the league, they both go. Well, the only way that starts is if the, the snapper gets them the ball with no problems. I don't recall a single missed snap all year. So how does he not go to the Pro Bowl? Kind of wild if you ask me. Yeah, OLP let us 
I mean, I got a Patreon, brother L, but I don't got time for Patreon. That's maybe maybe that's what I should have said. What's up, Professor? O? Big Hank. Big Hank, man, that's my guy. My, one, of, one of the most underrated defenders on our team, for sure. Maybe the most. Hank is good, man. But see, he's got to battle with the three techs. Like, they'll, they'll, put in, they'll put in five three techs before they'll throw a one tech in there unless you do what Deron Payne did, unless you do what uh, uh, Dexter Lawrence did. And he's not better than Dexter Lawrence, right? So... As much as I love Hank, I don't know about that one. I don't know about that one. All right. Let's get into it now, Cowboys Nation, and hit this scientific method and get all of the goods down there from the start with a guy, Patrick No C. Walker. Pat, sir, how you doing, brother? I'm great. What's the good word, King? Man, just enjoying this this last week until we hit the playoffs and things start to get tight and the nerves start going crazy. But uh, <laughs> it, it's it's been around. Haven't been going man. crazy already. You know, you, you, part of me haven't been going crazy already. Part of me feels good about this game, but it is decent. It is going to Washington. You know, things get really weird, but. You know, I feel pretty good about this one. That's fair. I think with the, the nerves going crazy thing, it's it's mostly just December football. I mean, because yeah. if you look at it, the Cowboys going into December, they're coming off of that hot streak uh, following the Philadelphia loss or the loss in Philadelphia. You know, you rattle off five straight. You get uh, Tyron Smith for se- seven consecutive games. And you know, November was absolutely magnificent. You get into the beginning of December and you're like, all right, here we go. Yeah. And you need the Philadelphia Eagles to continue to flop. And, and uh, <laughs> a lot of people are saying, oh, well, no, they're, they're going to win out. Look at their schedule. And you and I and others, we had these conversations where we sat, we stood on that table, stood on business and said that, now I know me for, specifically said that I believe that they were going to lose to the Cardinals with Kyler Murray despite it being in Philadelphia. And I still believe they're going to, you know, drop this one to the Giants because I thought they were going to split against the Giants. But even if they don't, um, the damage has been done because now the now destiny is back in the hands of the Cowboys. So just go handle your business. Wait, haven't you heard, Patrick? The great A.J. Brown gave an amazing speech at his locker. Everything is turned around in Philly. What are you talking about? Oh, okay. <laughs> it's the same A.J. Brown that had refused to speak to media yeah. on two separate occasions for two consecutive weeks because even after they escaped with the victory uh, the week prior to the Cardinals, he still refused to speak because he didn't necessarily like uh, his lack of involvement in, in that particular game. And the that, same yeah, A.J. Brown, who was yeah, who was outproduced by Julio Jones in the, last, in the loss <laughs> against the Arizona <laughs> Cardinals. So, um, I mean, sure, I guess if that's what they want to hang their hat on is A.J. Brown putting on the PR mask because it took him two weeks of PR coaching to finally say the right things in front of the camera. I mean, sure, go for it. But the reality (laughs) is all the Cowboys need to do is win this game, and they got the division, the number two seed, and at least one home game in the playoffs. They win that one, they get a second home game, which is exactly what they need. Indeed. And the practice report came out uh, from Wednesday yesterday that that we'll we'll see who will be playing it was a lengthy one but a lot of that was about rest and whatnot can you kind of give us an update on said practice report yeah absolutely a lot of rest days uh well i should say a lot of rest 
yesterday for some veterans. Obviously, that's going to be the case for Wednesday uh, and a little bit of Thursday as well. Uh, we'll see who gets the rest today. But on yesterday, outside of rest, the only ones that you really need to kind of keep an eye on, Wanye Thomas, he's dealing with an illness, which is that bug that's just kind of going around the facility. Uh, it, it even attacked me. Uh, a couple weeks ago, <laughs> so you know, for those that are for those that are saying, you know, keep the guys safe, I couldn't even keep myself safe. Um, so we'll see if Wanye Thomas is is available for the game. We'll see how these next couple of days go uh, for him. Malik Hooker still kind of nursing that ankle injury. He popped up with uh, another illness, you know, a couple weeks ago. He battled it. He missed the Buffalo game because of it. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. Um, but at the same time, you have so many guys getting healthy, like Rico Dowdle, for example, he was limited, uh, back to limited participation after missing last week's game with that ankle injury that's been bothering him for, you know, five, six weeks. So it looks like Rico Dowdle is turning back uh, toward being on the field. He told me specifically yesterday that he will be back, um, but we'll see if he gets that medical clearance. Looks good for him. Jonathan Hankins also trending in the right direction, limited participant for the first time since suffering his high ankle sprain several weeks ago that's cost him three games. Uh, Tyron Smith, guess what? No back designation, just a good old-fashioned rest day for Tyron Smith. So that's great news there. Um, and for the most part, Tyler Smith is still touch and, touch and go at the moment. Didn't participate yesterday in practice. Uh, I think that he does really have a chance with that torn plantar fascia, which is, mm. for those that don't know, it's actually better to fully tear that than it is to strain or partially tear. He really does have a chance, but I'm of the mindset uh, still that if this were the playoffs, he plays, but because it's not and not dissimilar from Hankins. Hankins needs to come back and get some, you know, grease his wheels after time off. But Tyler might need this rest to make sure that he's where he needs to be for the playoffs. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking as well. I mean, I feel like this is a must win. He can play, but it's it's not. And you, and Tyler or Tyler TJ Bass has played good enough for you to be go, to go out there and execute your offense. In my opinion. Right, 100%. And I think that's the that's the situation where you have to look at it and say, how do we balance the need to win a game of this magnitude with understanding what comes after this game regardless of the outcome of this yeah. game? Uh, so when you're looking at Hankins, you have to look at it from the aspect of the, the long run in that he's had several weeks to get healthy. He's back in limited practice. He's starting to look good. He's moving well. Okay, there you go. Let's get the rust off of him. But when you look at Tyler Smith, you say, okay, well, you know, he's played uh, the majority of the season, missed a couple games early in the season, but he, he's played the majority of the season and several weeks through what could be described as a strained plantar fascia. Um, and now here we are. He finally tears it. That's why Rappaport described it that way. He finally tore it, which is not a bad thing. It's actually a better thing. Um, and now you have to ask yourself, well, how effective can T.J. Bass be? Well, you've seen T.J. Bass uh, at several points over the season, and at no point did anyone point at T.J. Bass as a reason that something didn't mm -hmm. go well, as something that a run didn't produce, or something, or, or the reason that, you know, uh, a pass block was missed or anything like that. So because there's not this massive, massive drop-off um, from Tyler to T.J. Bass and in a situation where, I mean, let's be frank, you're not going up against the the best defensive line in the NFC East or the NFC anymore because they don't have uh, those horses like, you know, Montez Sweat and Chase Young and Jonathan Allen. We talk about the injury report. Jonathan Allen did not participate yesterday um, with injuries. So 
keep keep an eye on that, and also as an uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? As a connected aside, as a related aside, Kendall Fuller, Nickelback, starting Nickelback, he didn't practice yesterday either. So um, it's a game that you should win and win handily, but you still need Hankins to get his reps. Smith, I say give him the week off so he he's good to go for uh, two weeks from now. Yeah, I remember that. That's the same injury Tony had some years back. He missed a game and then he, and he came back and he was able to play. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so the good thing he he tore it completely and it's not going to you know drag. But speaking about the running backs, question for you uh, because Fehoko and please explain this too. Fehoko is now activated on the fifty three with Deuce Vaughn being designated to IR with this injury out of nowhere. To me, initially, I said on Twitter, could this be a sign that they feel good about Rico Dowdle? Because I don't think you do that given the situation with Rico and his ankle, and then you don't have any more call-ups from Malik Davis. So the, the running back room feels a bit messy to me right now, Pat. No, they 100% have confidence in, in Rico Dowdle's uh, physical status right now. And, and like you said, if they didn't, they wouldn't have made the move to add Junior Fajoko, which, although I'm, I'm a huge fan of Junior Fajoko's motor, he still has a lot of development to, to you know, go uh, to undertake going forward. But then keep in mind, if you look at the defensive line and the defensive end room, it, there is a log jam. So where do you get Junior in? Because he was largely inactive before he went on IR in the first place. Mm -hmm. So for you to bring that guy up um, in that position where you already are trying to figure out reps, and let a running back go to IR, put a running back on IR, that has to send the message that they feel really good about Rico Dowdle going into uh, this game and the playoffs as well. And then also keep in mind, Tony Pollard, he's still completely healthy. Tony spoke on yesterday, said he feels physically wonderful, which is great news. Uh, and then you have the, we'll talk about it here in a second, uh, you, you have the fact that the Cowboys added a running back on yesterday, I believe it's uh, the best NFL name I've heard since Puka Nakua, which is <laughs> Racy McMath. Yo, that right? name's crazy. Um, so, I mean, you, you have the fact that they added a couple guys um, on yesterday. So, I mean, they, they're making some moves to make sure they have some insurance alongside Malik Davis on the practice squad. But then also keep in mind that there's this Dalvin Cook equation. Yes, please. Um, please dive released, into that. Yeah. Formally waived on yesterday, subject to waivers, as is every veteran who is waived after the uh, trade deadline. Quick correction, it's not Racy. Racy McGrath is the, the wide receiver. So Roderick Thompson is the running back. So quick correction there. Um, but Dalvin Cook, subject to waivers. Um, and based on some conversations I'm having, I think he clears waivers. I don't think that teams – I know – based on conversations I had yesterday, I don't think the Cowboys are interested in claiming him because they don't want to claim the contract. So even though his contract was reworked so that he could get a mutual release from the Jets, um, there's still, I think, 490-plus thousand that you would be claiming. Uh, and the Cowboys look at that as very expensive for, you know, several-week rental on a practice squad who might not see the field. But I'm also told they are, in fact, interested in him as a free agent. So if he hits free agency mm. – um, they will, in fact, give him a call to see what his numbers are to, to try to add him to the practice squad. So definitely a thing there. I know some are saying um, – I've seen some tweets out there that are saying that they're not interested. That's actually not correct at all. They're not interested in uh, claiming him at the current price, but if he hits free agency, then absolutely. Although I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, it comes out that they did place a claim and change their mind. But as it stood as of yesterday, that's how they wanted to attack the Dove and Cook equation. That makes a lot of sense to me. 
uh, because, like I said, the room is 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 strange. And then the Sir Roderick Thompson, by signing him, that to me signifies they're looking for some type of help or bodies in that room. Because right now you got technically, if I'm keeping it a being, one healthy running back, and then the other one you have to cut somebody to call up in Malik Davis. Right, absolutely. And now keep in mind, uh, when it comes to the playoffs, the, the practice squad elevation clock resets. So, you know, be it Malik Davis or, um, you know, Malik Jefferson, for example, whomever is on that practice squad gets another three call-ups. Uh, well, actually right. not even three. It's, un- it's unlimited. So you can call a guy up an unlimited number of times in the playoffs in the practice squad, but that clock gets to reset. So as soon as, you know, this regular season concludes, Malik Davis is back in play and those other guys on the practice squad are back in play. So kind of a housekeeping note for you there. But it's still going to have Sir Roderick versus Malik Davis on the practice squad. And if Dalvin Cook clears waivers and then potentially joins the Cowboys, then you really have a robust running back situation as far as insurance is concerned. And, And I think that's where we have to draw the clear and definitive line. Because so many people are looking at those of us who want Delvin Cook, and I can't speak for everyone, but I know there's a large faction of us that, that want Delvin Cook for the right reason. We are not saying, and I am not saying, I want Delvin Cook as a replacement for either Tony Pollard or Rico Dowdle. Get, get that out of here. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is my trauma response from January in San Francisco tells me that knock on wood, if player mm. X were to go down in the running back room during the game against San Francisco, potentially in the NFC championship this time around with a Super Bowl on the line, I want to be able to look at the, the running back insurance policy that we have and say, I feel good with putting a guy like Dalvin Cook in, proven in the league for a long time, been one of the best running backs in the league outside of this down season, uh, versus saying, well, you know what? Malik Davis, I believe you can, but, but, but. So, Roger right. Thompson, I, I, we're just meeting. I don't know you like that. You probably have a lot of potential, but what have you done to this point? No disrespect to him. This is simply, you know, data. This is simply sample size. This is simply resume. Dalvin Cook has the resume. He's still fresh, only 69 reps uh, for the Jets. So that's what I'm looking at him as, is absolute insurance against what happened last January to keep it from happening this January in the event it does. If it doesn't, Alvin Cook doesn't see a rep on the field, and I'm totally fine with that as well. Low risk, high reward type situation. I don't I don't think it hurts you at all. Uh, very similar situation you talked about with uh, insurance, Lyle Collins. You know, Cowboys yeah. signed Lyle Collins, and yeah, they have their three tackles. Uh, but this seems to be an insurance situation. Can you can you give us? A, I don't know if say update, but like, what is what is the plan for Lyle Collins here? Well, it's not different from what the plan would be for Delvin Cook. So I know people. We talked about Tyler Smith and his injury. That, ladies and gentlemen, is not expected to be a long term injury at all. Great reference from you, uh, Will, as far as uh, Tony Pollard suffered a torn plantar fascia he missed a week and he was back the next week that's how those types of injuries go so this the signing of Lyle Collins is not indicative of a Tyler Smith a bigger Tyler Smith issue at all it's also not and I repeat it is not let me say it one more time it is not a warning shot to Terrence Steele Terrence Steele just signed a multi-year contract hearing people say that stop it Stop it. And I, I get it. You could, We can make the argument, like we can have a, a, a debate on if it should or should not be, but the fact is it is not. And I will also say that if it were going to be something that was a warning shot to Terrence Steele, 
it would have to be a little bit more robust than Lyle Collins, um, who still he looks physically great. I said this a couple of days ago when I saw him uh, walking uh, in the facility. He was big smile, and he just looks phenomenal. He is absolutely in shape. But he's also got – he's coming off of a major injury. He's had several major injuries over the past couple of seasons. So you still need to see what he looks like in football shape when he's on the field. He's not a warning shot to steal. What he is is an, a potential upgrade over Chuma Idoga. That is how you have to look at it. He is a potential upgrade over Chuma Idoga. I'm told plan is for him to be right – I mean, for him to be a swing tackle, Lyle Collins, not a guard. But it is a beautiful thing that he has the ability to pop in that guard if needed. So that that's beautiful, but that's not the plan. Uh, just a good availability in that aspect. But they saw what Chumi Doga did against the Dolphins, and they went ahead and pulled the trigger to make sure that that doesn't happen with the season on the line. So Lyle Collins, he's expected to finalize his deal this morning. So everybody breathe as we have this conversation. doesn't feel like a Randy Gregory situation. They just had to work out a couple more things, but it's expected to happen today. And then, of course, Damian Wilson is joining him on the uh, class reunion for the Cowboys. It's Patrick Nosey Walker, DallasCowboys.com. Hey, it's Thursday. That means we get the science lab. Can you give us a teaser on that one? Oh, 100%. Um, on DallasCowboys.com, 10 a.m. Central Time, no later than 11 a.m. Central Time. This week's edition of Science Lab drops, uh, and I dug deeply, deeply into the rushing attack issues that the Cowboys have been having lately to try to figure out or try to detail how good or how bad it is. And surprisingly enough, it's not as bad as everyone thinks, but it's also not as good as the Cowboys think. And that is a problem for me. So make sure you check out the science lab uh, that drops in about an hour or so, you know, so we can talk about that and how the Cowboys can fix their they're rushing attack going into the playoffs because they're sooner or later they're going to need it. Yes, I'm. I'm looking forward to that. And actually, great, great segue because I'll be talking about that here in our next segment. Appreciate you, big bro. That's Patrick Nosey Walker, DallasCowboys.com. What a segue! What a segue! It's like let me see. Let me get that out the way. A lot of little nuggets in there. Uh, Lyle Collins. Swing tackle. No about left tackle. You know, I, I look at Lyle as a as a right tackle. I'm about left tackle. But I do understand that having a potential, the potential to be able to play anywhere on the line except for center. I think that's value there. Um, I'm right there with him with the Dalvin Cook thing in the sense of, this, this is not going to hurt you picking up the phone. It's not going to hurt you bringing him in. I've been 10 toes on this since yesterday. I don't think he fixes your run game woes, but it's not like he's going to hurt your run game woes. I want to talk about the whole run game situation here in a second. But, I, you know, the fact that they're interested, and I'm glad he cleared that up, they're interested as a free agent. That makes that makes a ton of sense. Uh, I don't even think they can claim, if I'm not mistaken. I think that that's passed. Uh, but... The fact that they're interested as a free agent makes a ton of sense because you can put him on a practice squad and then he has unlimited. That's another thing. I didn't know there was an unlimited number of call-ups in the playoffs. Completely forgot that you can do, you reset the the meter or whatever for call-ups in the playoffs, but I didn't know it was unlimited. Either way, you, you don't really normally play more than four games anyway in the playoffs. But a lot of good stuff there. Make sure y'all run it back if you missed it. 
Here's what we're going to do. As we always do. We're going to take a quick little coffee break. Water break, whatever you drink, energy drink break. And we're going to come back and we're going to get into my five things that the Cowboys. I say you have to watch, like five things to watch, but it's really five things they need to improve on. As I was putting it together, I'm like, these are really five things they got to improve on. Uh, Four things. The fifth one is a a bit of a a hopeful type of situation. So let's go ahead and hit this break. Come back. Jump into it. You're listening to A to Z Sports. Do it live! At some point, hoping to broadcast in front of the millions of Cowboys fans to bring you the real. But for now, strap up and here's your host, Skywalker Steel. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. We'll do it live. Welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, if you missed the scientific method, you missed a fantastic one. The last one of the regular season. Speaking of which, I'll talk to Zach. Hoping to keep Pat around for the offseason, man. Because the offseason, see, this for me, this is 365. You know, just because the regular season's over doesn't mean we done talk. Cowboys. I love the offseason. But I would love to keep him around because that's where you can kind of get the nuggets on potential free agents, draft prospects, uh, guys getting cut, trades, things like that. So you're going to keep Pat around. But before we get to all of that, the Cowboys have to take care of business. And if you go look at the title of the show, well, at least on the thumbnail, the playoffs have already started. And that's what Coach Mike McCarthy said in his press conference this week and he's spot on if you really think about it he's spot on because the Cowboys while yes this isn't a win and end type of game but that energy that hey we we got something to prove out here we have to go out here get this dub if we don't we could potentially lose a second seed it's it's kind of playoff e if that makes sense to put a to put a you know to make fun of the lady who said quarterback he is playoff type of feel and he had mentioned something in his presser about how the Cowboys needed a 2019 type of game. And we talked about this some weeks ago. The Cowboys needed to face some adversity. And, and they really kind of have faced some adversity here in this gauntlet. Let's, let's go back to the beginning in April when the schedule dropped. And we were like, well, at least me. I was like, oh, Seattle, Philly, Miami, Buffalo, Detroit. Oh, I love this. Why, Scott? That's a tough. Because we're going to know who this team is. There's no Fugazi, you know what I mean? Fugazi, Fugazi. There's none of that that's going to happen at the end of the season like in years past to me. You're going to know who your team is by how they play against these teams and obviously if they win these games or not. So that gauntlet starting with Seattle all the way, which in my opinion ended last week against Detroit, they went 3-2. and With the possibility, it could have been 4-1 very easily, right? And, and they played, in my opinion, I think they they showed some grit in these games. Yes, they lost the, the tough one in Miami. They had one dud out of those five. But if you come out of this three and two, could have been 4-1. I come out of this okay. I come out of this feeling okay. You know, they, this could have went sideways easily. And if we keep it at being, that little stretch really was kind of your prequel to the playoffs like you're going to be playing tough teams in the playoffs you need to win these games how funny by the way 
just kind of side note, sidebar, side conversation. Rams, Detroit, well, people wasn't talking about Detroit, but the Rams, Seattle, Detroit, Philly. Half of those teams people kikied and laughed about the Cowboys beating. Oh, they're, they're nobody. No one cares. All of them have the shot of being in the playoffs. Only reason why we're not saying all of them is because Seattle. You know, they, they have to have some things break their way. But just a sidebar. But Mike McCarthy, he talked about how this is playoff atmosphere and essentially what he needs this team to do heading into the playoffs against Washington moving forward. Here's Mike McCarthy on the playoffs. Um, but, you know, I, I, you know, I've been saying this now for two years, and I feel like we're really, you know, we've really arrived um, at the complementary football formula. I, I think that you have to sometimes, you know, win 20 to 19. You know, is um, I don't know if it's more thrilling for everybody else when you win 31-30. I mean, but, you know, I understand. But, the you know, that's that's what a complimentary football team is. And I think when you look at the, the statistical components of that, you know, you want, you know, both your offense and defense to be in the top, you know, top 10. Um, definitely as far as give, how many points you give up versus how many you score. But, you know, the turnover ratio to me has always been a huge um, – variable uh, of, of a successful football team, you know, and, and we needed to get our giveaways down, you know, our giveaways have been too high the last three years. And, uh, you know, so, you know, so far we've done that. We need to carry that in, into this game this week because frankly, let's be honest with you, the playoffs, have, the playoffs have already started. I mean, the way this thing lines up for, for Sunday, there, there'll be more playoff games played Sunday than there will be the rest of the, you know, playoff season. So, That's um, true. you know, I, I just think, you want your team playing a certain way, and, and everybody, you know, has that opinion, and you know, based on how you're using your players and things like that, and you know, and I do feel that the complimentary football team, one that they can play to that level, is is a, is a really good formula for playoff playoff football. I, I will give the NFL this credit by scheduling all division games in Week 18. They set themselves up wonderfully uh, for competitive games and, and Mike is right like there's going to be more playoff games week 18 than there will actually be playoff games because half the damn league is playing to get in the offs which is exactly what the league wants the Cowboys are not the Cowboys are not playing to get in the playoffs but they're playing for playoff positioning and that's what I love about this season finale I love it you go back you've got to go back all the way to what week 2019 maybe and i don't even know if that if, if that scenario broke but it's been a while maybe 2018 i don't know it's been a while since the cowboys were actually playing for something in week 18/17 the last game of the year last season they were locked in at the 5th seed win or lose it didn't matter and they went out there and played like that 2021 they already won the division they the Eagles obviously conceded. They threw out their practice squad guys. Cowboys blew them out, and they asked Coach about that. They said, Coach, you know, did you think that might have gave you some – he was like, false confidence? He was like, maybe. It's like, oh, you usually don't hear coaches admit that. So you weren't really playing for nothing there. 2020, ironically, you kind of were playing for the play. That year was a mess, man. You needed a ton of things to break your way. Had you beat uh, – I think if you would have beat the Giants, then you needed so many other things to happen, but – you were six and ten team, you know, so no. 
and you didn't have your quarterback, that was just a disaster of a season. 2019, the play-in game really was the game against Philly the week before. Cowboys didn't get it done. Then they went on to beat Washington in a meaningless game. So you really got to go back years. I mean, 2018, I can't remember the the season finale there, but I think they played their way in already. It's been a while since the Cowboys had something to really play for in this last game. So I do love that fact. So I think this last, not just five, but six games for the Cowboys, the gauntlet from Seattle to Detroit, and then the season finale where I don't care how bad Washington is. You've got something to go out there and play for. And I think that's one of the main differences between this Washington game on the road and last year's Washington game on the road. The other one is Washington is a way worse team. They're playing for the second overall pick. Their defense last year was number one on third down. Uh, top 10 in red zone defense. It was a, a really good defense, and they had eight wins. So that wasn't a bad Washington football team. This is a bad Washington football team. I think things are flipped completely. But that leads me into five things that the Cowboys, or that I'm watching for in this season finale. And, and some of these things are things that need to be approved upon. So let's go ahead and get into it. First one. Getting off to a faster start. At the very least, on the road. Look, Dallas may not play on the road until the, the, the last potential game. But that does not mean they could ignore playing better on the road. They have not scored a single point on an opening drive on the road since week one. Like, I, I had to triple-double dog check that. Like, I'm like, nah, there's no way. Not a single point on the road since week one. That's rough. <laughs> that's not getting off to fast starts. Sometimes that's just your play, play calling, whatever. Sometimes it's not playing clean, penalties and whatnot as well. They got three games this year where they've got 10-plus penalties, and then the timing of those penalties aren't great either. So the fast start doesn't necessarily have to be the opening drive. It could be the next one or it could be the first quarter, but they just have not really been hitting on all cylinders uh, to start off the game. All of that could have changed a couple weeks ago if they did this. Eliminate the damn goal line turnovers. In Miami, you're, you're driving down. You're playing good ball. You get to the goal line and you fumble on the one. You could have scored a touch. Any points, really. You would have scored your first points on the road since week one on the opening drive, and you fumbled it away. Okay. Things happen. I get it. It's, it's, it's the NFL. Cool. If you if you make a goal line turnover, usually that happens a, just a very small amount of times throughout a season. But for it to happen in back-to-back weeks, that's a no-no. Now it's a thing. So let's not make this a thing, Cowboys Nation. You get down there in the red zone on Sunday. Let's not turn the ball over. Let's convert those to points. Because at this point, with, with the way your offense is rolling and, and, and how they can score points. Now, I know they didn't score a lot of points lately, but they can, right, at will. Any, every single point matters in the playoffs. 
you can't give teams extra possessions. And obviously, you can't give teams extra possessions that cost you points. So how about we do that? Eliminate the goal line turnovers. And my third one, before I get to the phones, something that can help down there in that red zone, right? It's tweaking this run game. We're going to hear from Mike McCarthy here in a second, but another statistic on the road that is that, that's blew my mind a little bit, and I'm not saying we're a running team. It just goes to show you that just the road were just different for whatever reason. You got to run better down there, man. You got to run better in general, but but that helps. And Coach talked about how this is going to be a focal point this week, like even more. And we talked about how it needed to be a focus point. Pre-snap stuff, blocking better, running better, all that good stuff. But I went and looked because I'm like, man, somebody had posted a stat uh, about Tony's game in, against Seattle where 46 of his 49 yards were after contact. I don't even know if this stat is going to really resonate with a lot of people or if they understand how crazy this stat is, but this is kind of crazy. So follow me here. Tony Pollard right now is 10th in the league in rushing, right? Chance in the league. Having a very mid-year. He even admitted it, right? Four yards per carry, 935 yards, five touches. Very mid-year. So of the top 10 guys in rushing, and it's really 11 because Tony is tied with uh, Isaiah Pacheco. So of the 10 or 11 guys in in rushing, leading the league, he has the least amount of yards before contact. I repeat, he has the least amount of yards before contact. But what does that mean? That means there's not a ton of lanes. There's not a ton of holes that he can run through. They're as clean as maybe these other teams and these other running backs. Only Derrick Henry has a smaller gap between his total rushing yards and yards after contact. Meaning he's having to get more yards after contact than anybody but Derrick Henry. And he's not Derrick Henry built. Hey, Tony Pollard. We know your game is is the perimeter game and when, you, when there's lanes, you can use your explosiveness at the second level. But we want you to be power guy. Okay. Let me put that in, in perspective real quick. Christian McCaffrey leads the league in rush yards, right? 1,450 rush yards, something around there. 886 of his yards are before contact. That's almost the entirety of Tony Pollard's rush yards. Nobody would look at San Fran and say, man, what a juggernaut offensive line. Now, they're going to have pro bowlers. It's going to happen because of who they are. But it's about the how they do it. And and me and Vach on the show yesterday, I went and looked at yards per carry, the top yards per carry teams in the league. Teams like Detroit. Buffalo, Miami, San Fran, Baltimore, um, L.A. All these teams are up there. And I'm like, what do all these teams got in common? They all do the pre-snap stuff, the post-snap action, at-snap stuff, eye candy when they're running. And then you go look at Dallas and it's just like, 
Here we go. Just line up and run the ball. That's cool if you got a line that can push dudes and bully dudes. We don't have that. So Coach McCarthy was asked about the run game. So was Shotty, and we played Shotties. But here's Coach McCarthy talking about how they spent more time. Hey, we're going to spend more time. But I hope you spent more time. But here's Coach. Well, I mean, you know, we spent some extra time today on the run game. We, you know, we played against the defense uh, Saturday night that, you know, I think there were, what, 64% pressure, you know, I think 11 empty pressures. So, we, I mean, we had a lot of uphill looks, you know, for our run game. So it wasn't it wasn't, it wasn't good enough. Um, so um, it's definitely something we'll spend more time on this week. All right. Well, we spend more time, Coach. I hope it's productive time. I looked over and Princess said, well, let's compare the lines. I, I'm, th- those lines aren't great. Now, you maybe look at Philly and Detroit. Sure, Atlanta. Those are great offensive lines. Miami's not a great offensive line. The Rams don't have a great offensive line. San Fran does not have a great offensive line. They have a great player on that offensive line. I'm going to sound like a broken record, but I do not care. In today's game, it's not about the who in the run game. It's about the how. Been saying it last year, we're saying it the year before. It's about the how. And f- for whatever reason, we've ignored the how. And shouts out to Duke, um, who had stated a while ago that even if you break down the how, right? Like how the offensive line is actually blocking, they're being taught different stuff. They're not doing the same things. And he believes that comes from the head coach. And we talked about that the other day when a caller called in and said, I think he was mad at Jerry for not. You know, wanting to sign a, a an Adrian Peterson type dude, and I said, "Well, no, th- this this is more so McCarthy saying I don't need an Adrian Peterson type dude. Uh, I've I've ran with a stable before, and that works. A, a stable, a duo, whatever that that works. This is the 2023. You don't you don't need one back. But if you're going to do that, you can't you can't live in the Stone Ages on the ground. We've gotten better." With our past game concepts, we were stayed. We were in the Stone Age on the ground, so maybe that's something next year that Mike McCarthy can improve upon. But on the road, the Cowboys have struggled to run the ball. They have not rushed for 100 yards on the road since Week Three. So I want to see them play cleaner. This is offensive stuff here. I want to see them eliminate the goal line turnovers. And I want to see them get off to a fast start on Sunday. This is offensive stuff. We're about to get to the defense stuff in a second here. Before we do that, though, let's hit the phone lines. James has been active this week. What's up, James? Hey, what's up, guy? Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I definitely... Like I said yesterday, and like what you posted, um, I think that goes hand in hand with uh, with what you're talking about today. We definitely, um, <clears throat> I don't think it's the O line necessarily. It's players, of course. Chuma is definitely a problem. I don't want to see him back in there. It brings back nightmares of Chaz Green. But my point is, if you're not opening the holes, you know what I mean. It's kind of hard to get through because I've been watching games too, and it's like sometimes Pollard's taking the hand off, and somebody's smacking him right now. You know, specifically I just the think last our game. offensive line, I think it's a lot of the blocking scheme like you were showing yesterday in the film room. And I just think right now we got to get back to, to basics and fundamentals and how to open up holes. 
Yeah, I mean, I, they have to. They just have to switch up the how, brother. I mean, I know you said it's not the line. It yeah. is. It's part of it is the lineman. Like you, you don't. I know it sounds crazy when you say Zach Martin and you think Tyron Smith. You think, oh, Terrence is a blocker. Oh, uh, Tyler Smith right. can move guys. But in, in reality, you probably got one offensive lineman who can dig guys out, and the other one is a technical savant in 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 um in Zach, and that's cool. So you got two offensive linemen who I think are or thoroughbred run blockers, but you don't have a collective unit that can move guys off the ball. So now what you need to do... You'd be talking do, about our two guards for the good ones, right? Yeah, and, and now what you okay. need to do is be able to get the leverage advantage. So you can allow a freak right. like Tyron Smith to use his length and, and, and his pop to get up and, and turn a guy. Allow um, a guy right. like like Tyler Biotish, who's not really great at getting to the second level, you give him that extra cheat code because now that, that linebacker is thinking... So you got to help out your mm-hmm. linemen, man. When you don't have a line that that's that that move guys consistently. Yeah, and the other thing I was going to say too. Now this is just a quick comment. Then I have one more question before I get off here. And uh, the other comment right now, it almost just doesn't seem like uh, we could open a refrigerator full of food when hungry. That's kind of what it seems like to me. You know what I mean? And that's kind of saying something. But um, anyhow, so my other question is for you is. Is there any way, I think you might have shown this and I might have forgotten already, but is there any way we could get around it? Like instead of running up the middle and running between the guards and tackles, would you think we would probably be more apt to try maybe doing some toss sweeps or some uh, plays where we can get maybe around the corner instead of trying to run up the middle? I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of their strength, right? As it, it, Dawn Hour was mm-hmm. earlier, but... Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, I would love to 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 get those guys on the outside more, but you still got to have a plan with it. Like you 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 still have to be strategic in how you do it. I, I just don't think we really care. I always say we're unserious. I just don't. Th- I just think we're unserious about how we want to run the ball. It's more about hitting a number. It's not about the how. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, anyhow, so uh, I, I thought of one last thing. I'm sorry to do this, but Hold on. um. Wait too many of y'all. Start off or start off quick, but what what would be your guess if you was coaching? Say that again. If you were coaching, um, how quick would you want to try to get the starters out of there? As far as you know, schematically, uh, uh, to, to you know, I know we got to win the game, but how would you go about it? Like, just get as many points as you can and get them out early. How would you do it? How would you go? Like, tw- would you probably go twenty-one. If we get like a twenty-one point lead. By the third quarter, I, I, I'd consider starting to sit them. But I think you have to get at least a three-possession lead. I don't think you can pull them. With yeah, because I think by then uh, the uh, Washington team should start to fold because they're already going to fold probably going into the game anyway they ain't got nothing else to play for. But then again, it is the Cowboys. That would probably be their Super Bowl, so they're probably going to play as hard early. So. We'll All see. right, man. Yeah. Well, anyways, anyways, Sky, as always, man, like I said, I, I learn a lot from you. Um, uh, you know, you know, you and Botch are always cool, man. That's why I listen to you guys more than I do anybody else. So Appreciate great show you, as always, man. Thank you, right, good brother. Welcome. Have a good day. Let's get a couple more up in here before we hit uh, my final two, and then we're going to close it out with these uh, calls. Uh, oh, VIP. What's good, VIP? Sky is VIP, baby. What's the vibes, my guy? What's happening with you, man? Look, man, I'm on a work grind. I listen, you know, I listen, I chop it up to what everybody's talking about. I, I, that, the only thing I press about the running game is I, TP just don't look the same. I don't, I don't know, B. He just don't look the same to me, man. What I do, what I do have to give him flowers for, he is blocking. If, if he is feeling that, when they send a blitz, 
Dak is comfortable with him blocking, but I just don't see him breaking tackles. I I, I don't know, man. That, He's got the second most broken tackles in the last two months of the season. Word? Okay, all right. He's all right. almost – I mean – Yeah, I mean, he's breaking tackles at a high rate uh, of late. But, you know, I, I get it, man. We don't have the 50-something yard runs. We don't have the big plays. But I, I, I'll ask you all to do one thing. Go back and and look at just the highlights. You ain't got to look at film. Go watch the highlights, and y'all will see the stark difference <laughs> in the lanes created for both Zeke and TP, not just, uh, not just TP. And then go watch the yes. film this year, and you'll see – it's a drastic difference, but but yeah, he's he's breaking oh, tackles. You know, breaking tackles ain't the problem. It, it, the the getting to across the goal line is a problem for Tony Pollard. Catching the ball last right. week was a problem for Tony Pollard. But you know, asking Tony Pollard to run up the middle was a problem for Tony Pollard. But that's 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 no that that's 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 Big Mike's problem. Big Mike and that guy being first down, like he has a give up call. Like I think, and like the whole time he's doing it, I'm like, all right, he's setting him up. I'm just to be an optimist, all right, he's setting him up or something. But yo, if I see another first, like we all started second and behind the chains that whole game. Go look, go look at that tape. The whole game we started second and behind the chains. We can simply throw a dump off pass. Give me four quick yards. Give me anything on first down. Like that's why I need Mike to get in his bag at. Like get creative on first down. Stop putting TP. In, in positions that TP is not a body type running back, we know that. Yeah. So put him in positions to win. Put him on the outside, brother. You preaching to the <laughs> you preaching to the choir, VIP man. <laughs> At this point, you know, it, 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 right now they're not going to change that, right? VIP, like they're they're going to do what they do. So here's what I'm asking them to do: they're not going to go out and, and, and get some 250 pound back. They're not their offensive line is not all of a sudden going to push guys off. So I'm like, what is what is a solution to have a, a better running game heading into the playoffs? I think it's movement. I think you have to get movement right. pre-snap and you have to get creative. If you don't get creative, you, you're not putting your guys in the best position to be successful on the ground. And I'm not, I don't need them to rush for a buck fifty. I just need them to be efficient. And I'm gonna keep saying that. And that's all. That and, and you know, like uh, efficiency, like we have I think the comfort zone of playing in the dome. For the first two games, but we might have to play in the elements. So we have to, uh, we need a running game. And you know, the playoffs, what travels, defense and running game. We, we need both of them to show up in the playoffs in order to win. Look, Sky, man, you know I'm out here. I'm out here sniping for you. Ain't no, no slurpees through the playoffs. There are no slurpees allowed through the playoffs. I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear it. If you're doubting my quarterback, I'm on your heels. Sky, hold, hold on, Sky. Somebody did get snubbed for my. From the um, for me, and, and bigger than Osa, oh, I think oh, like Osa because I think Osa, yeah, I think Osa. How did he just snub? Be like Osa been balling this year. He I has. think he's he's taking a hit because Ooh. he's not like they're, they're expecting him to be that one technique, but he's been blowing the backfield up, be blowing the backfield up. Yeah, yeah. Osa for us definitely had that year three jump. Let me see who who got in over him. Uh, let me let's scroll him. Give me a second here. Defensive ends, interior. So it has to be a three tech, right? So this is tough. So Donald, Dexter Lawrence, and, and Hargrave. That's tough to put oh, him in shit. over those guys. Damn. Yeah, that's tough. Damn, okay. <laughs> that's all right. Because right. you know the Pro Bowl, that's, that's all seniority. That's why That's why Zach. And and that's what, like, not even to talk about that, but Zach, Zach, I need him to step up. I need a president to come back for the playoffs, B. 
So, yeah. right, man, look, bro, get, get up get up 21, rest our starters, and let's get revved up, bro, to go home and handle our BI, man, and stand Facts. on this business and go for six. Facts. All right, man, it's VIP. Appreciate you, big dog. You already know I ain't a killer, but don't push me, B. Yeah, that's tough. I, did, I didn't know. I didn't know that it was AD. See, I knew it was somebody or somebody's. That were really good. But Dexter Lawrence, you ain't putting him in over Dex. Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's been been Aaron Donald this year. And, and man, Hargrave. <laughs> when San Fran signed Hargrave, I said, you got to be kidding me, man. What did Javon Hargrave do this year? Because I know he was balling. Yeah, seven sacks. 44 tackles. Bunch of tackles for loss. Yeah, man, that's, that's tough to... And again, Pro Bowl player, not the popularity contest. Javon Hargrave, Pro Bowl player. I get it. You know? Speaking of defense, the fourth thing I need to see this, I'm looking for watching, whatever you want to call it. Create some damn turnovers on the road, man. Again, the plan is to not play on the road. That's the plan. Because there's just... You just, when you really dive into this team on the road, it is clearly not the same team. They are a lesser team. They are lesser who they are. They're much better at home. 16 turnovers at home, seven created on the road, right? But of the last four road games, only one of them have they had a turnover. Now, turnovers can be fluky, right? Like the Cowboys were dominant the first two years under Dan Quinn and created turnovers. Not the case this year. They've had 34 turnovers uh, the previous two seasons. Right now, they sit at 23, which is still top 10, tied with a bunch of teams, but it's towards the bottom of the top 10. It's no longer number one, which is going to happen. There was going to be a regression because you can't. three years in a row would have been would have been historic. No team has ever done that. Uh, they were the first team since the 70-something Steelers to go back-to-back. But... On the road, it's even worse. The last four road meetings, man, against any team, only one of those games did they even have a turnover, and it was against a rookie quarterback. So I'd like to see them create some turnovers. Again, if you want to get up out of here with the dub, you may not need it, but if you want to get up out of here with the dub fast, get them turnovers. Well, Sky, they win. It doesn't matter. They'll be playing at home. You're right. You're absolutely right. Very possible they might have to go on that road, though. You know what I mean? And I'm not even saying, like, you beat Washington to end the season. That's going to give you confidence against San Fran. It's just, just stacking days, right? Stacking wins and stacking momentum, um, maybe subconsciously. But I thought this was another interesting thing I found on the road. Statistically, the Cowboys have not done all that well. And then finally, if the Cowboys get off to a fast start, if they force these turnovers, if they don't turn over the ball in the red zone, if they play cleaner, if we see those running game tweaks happen I think we can pull out that fourth quarter hat 
I think we can pull out that fourth quarter. Now, this isn't necessarily something that oh, I got to improve on or anything like that, but it's something to watch, right? Because if you go look around the league, a lot of teams are resting their guys. A lot of teams. Hell, this is a conversation we get at. The Baltimore Ravens are, are, are sitting Lamar Jackson, who right now is the M- MVP favorite, which, boy, I like Lamar, so I'm not mad at Lamar. It's just, really? But Lamar Jackson, the MVP favorite, he's going to finish the season with something like 30 touchdowns, 24 passing. The Rams are sitting there, guys. The Niners are sitting there, guys. The Browns are sitting there, guys. They really have nothing to play for. Shout out out to my guy G from Jersey. He had, he had thought, hey, are the Rams sitting guys because they want to play the Cowboys? I don't necessarily think that. I think they're sitting guys because they really can't improve anywhere. They're either going to go to Detroit or they're going to go to Dallas or they're going to go to – they're going on the road. Health of their quarterback, who's a, a an injury-prone guy, health of their big players is more important than thinking about matchup at this, something that they really can't control. They can control – their guys being healthy and, and ready to play. There's there's nothing that San Fran can do about winning. Nothing that Baltimore can do about winning. You know, these teams, same thing with, with uh, Cleveland. But Dallas has to play. They have to play. And they got to play well. So, you know, if I'm Big Mike, I'm trying to get up. I'm trying to get up fast. I'm trying to get up so fast I can put the fourth quarter hat on in the second or third quarter. Crush this team's will i know like i'm i'm kind of i'm kind of on the fence here too but part of a, a lot of me i should say is i don't think i don't think washington really wants to go out here and win this game do these coaches maybe want to sure do the fans want to sure are there a handful of players on that roster that's like man i'm gonna beat up i need to go out here and show out sure the terry mccarns really care the jonathan islands the pains, who I don't think might not even play. A couple of these other, there's certain players that have security, in my opinion. That's probably like, man, let's, I'm ready to pack this thing up. Now, as a competitor, uh, uh, you know, you, you got the nervous, you, you, you fired up, you're ready to go. Yeah, initially, they probably come out there and, and, and ready to punch you. But if you go out there and hit them with a, <laughs> a three piece, all right, I'm cool. Here's the white flag. Let's get up out of here. And that way you can put on the fourth quarter hat. Make them put on their fourth quarter hat early too. (laughs) Because like I said, Howe's going to go out there and try to wink it. Sam Howe, he don't give a damn. He got benched. He's a starter now. He could be, he's auditioning for another team. McLaurin ain't auditioning for nobody else. Payne ain't auditioning for nobody else. Their offensive line stinks anyway. It's a bad defense. It's a bad offense. It's a bad team. Don't give the handful of players and coaches who do have something to prove any type of momentum. Shut that down early. Rest your guys. And now you head into the postseason with extra rest for these dudes and you may not have the same amount of rest to say another team that's not playing like the Rams or whatever but you get a little bit of something so so those are my five things and it's really four run game tweaks 
red zone, uh, playing cleaner essentially on the road was one as well. Turnovers defensively. I want to see that and getting off to a fast start. All right, let's hit these phone lines, get to the Supers, and, get, and then talk to y'all. Deshaun, what's goody, man? What up, Scott? What's up with you? All right, so question. So in the running game situation, do you feel like, and I know we can't change anything, but do you feel like if we double people, like double block people, that we'll create more like more running lanes to at least? So like, like I, the duo? I, I, I know. It's a, yeah. Yeah, that, that's something that we're we're pretty solid at. I mean, we do well from time to time. We, you know, we haven't done it as crisp as we did in the past. I think you're seeing guys like uh, our center, Beata, struggle to get to the second level. You're seeing even Zach Martin and Terrence, their duo blocks haven't been as clean. But the more you do it, I think the better they get. So, yeah, yeah, duo, outside zone, we, we don't run that as much. Yeah, those are the things that we are better at. Okay. And then another question for the defense. Do you feel like – all right, so I'm going to ask this question, too, for you. So, we know, you know how Michael Parsons is. He's, he's a very influ- – he, like, he's a very impactful guy. You know, they hold him all the time and things of that nature. So, do you feel like – I consider uh, Michael Parsons a Batman. So, do you have, like, any Robins on the team that can be able to, like, get to the quarterback consistently, like, meet him there? Because I, I know teams going to try to run the ball, but I'm talking about on throwing situations. Everybody not named Michael Parsons. <laughs> you know, all, all, all of them are Batmans to Michael Parsons, man. Dante, Sam, Dorrance, D-Law, Osa. We got Micah in, in like seven Batmans. That's why we have, in my opinion, one of the deeper defensive line rooms. It's not just Micah, Batman, and, and everybody else. It's Micah the, or Robbins. It's Micah the Batman and like seven Robbins. Okay. And then the last question. So on the linebacker situation... So do you feel like they signed, like, Wilson to, like, add some more depth? Or is it, like, one of them things where they're actually trying to, like, get him in? Yeah, he's definitely depth. I, 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 they probably don't want to see him because you know, that means somebody got hurt. But, yeah, he might play. I mean, you only got two linebackers. One real one. But I you know, got two linebackers. Yeah. He might play. Uh, okay. All right. Thanks, guys. Yes, sir. Keep it moving. Eight eight five oh. What it is? What it do? What? Wait a minute. I ain't unmute you. My bad. My bad. Eight five oh. There you go. How you doing today? All right. All right. How you doing? Okay. I was just listening to you. Um, some of the callers and everything. Um, I I think we need to um, we we need uh, um, to, to take this game seriously. Um. We need to treat this game like a playoff game because uh, these young generation need to realize what Washington did to us last year. They beat, they beat us bad last year. The players took this game lightly, and, uh, and we need to play our, our best players at least past the third quarter, some of the fourth quarter. But hmm. um, we, we, we need okay. to protect Dak better. Dak is playing great. And um, that's all I got to say. I just want to hear what you, hear what you got to say. All right, we got some breaking news, but pr- appreciate you, man. Well, my suspicions have come to fruition. Uh, so, Pat was just on the show, and I completely forgot to ask him about Mortavis, but he just tweeted out here, breaking news, Lyle Collins is a done deal. 
to make room for the for the four additions to the practice squad the cowboys have released willington prevlion adam hanky panky tyron johnson and martavis bryant i knew i knew something was something was weird I knew something was a little weird about about the wide receiver addition. It didn't quite make sense to to add another wide receiver when you got two of them on the practice squad. So it it, it looks like Martavis just never never stuck. And we were we kind of had a nice little conversation about him a couple of days ago, where if there was a time to see what he got, this would be the game to do it. Well, they don't believe that he has anything apparently. So he's gone. Um, what's his name? Racy McMath. Racy McMath is now on a team, and I, I just knew the math was not McMathin when they signed Racy. I just I just knew it, man. So Martavis Bryant's about there. There you have it, Cowboys Nation. 804, what's up? What's going on, Scott? I mean, first off, the breaking news is crazy. Like, you really just wow, that's crazy. I didn't yeah. get that one yet. But um I'm gonna go back to this one game, man. Uh, for starters, you know, one thing I've been looking at, like I said, like I said yesterday, Scott, man, the schemes need to be better for the run, man. Like, sure. we're not doing enough moving people around, you know. I, I would like to see more jet sweeps, different things that will work better for us. You know, see, we put C.D. Lamb on the jet sweep. It works out pretty Bro, good. Like, see Turpin I'm running more. C.D. Lamb and Turpin at least twice a game jet sweeps. Two times. At, at, least, twi- at least twice a game, man. You know, we got we to gotta be able to move them around and make the defense think it's a jet sweep. Tony Pollard to the outside, man. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, and, bro. Another thing I'm saying. Yeah, go ahead. We're killing it. Go ahead. Another another thing I want to say is, it's like this. <laughs> I'm not joking. If, 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 if it's, it's like, if you're not going to make the runs more unique and not look like 2003, you know, you, you just got to pull more double teams in with Zach Martin and Tyler Biotis, maybe get behind Tyler Smith and Tyron Smith. But, you know, you got to do more, man. Like, I have not seen anything. Yeah, it's a very lazy run game plan, bro. It's lazy. You know, it's, and so I want to say, man, Stephon Gilmore got snubbed, man. He played an outstanding year. You think? Stephon Gilmore got snubbed, man. I mean, I done seen them play lights out all year. Especially since Trayvon Diggs went down, had to cover the best of the best. Uh, the pass defense looked great when going towards Stephon. Deron Bland definitely played out, outstanding with all the pick sixes. But uh, as of just playing lockdown, man, Stephon Gilmore got snubbed this year. Uh, he, he's another one I'd have to go look at. Uh, oh, my bad. The other people that were in, this is what y'all need to see. The other people that were in, in the, in the uh, Pro Bowl, I have to go look at those cornerbacks. Hello? But yeah, man. I, yeah, yeah. I'm just sitting here, man. I'm just thinking about it, you know. And I'm just saying, man. I want six, guy. I want us to go to Washington next week. We treat it like a playoff game. I want Deck in the mouth with the hat by the third quarter. Deck for two fifty three touchdowns early, man. I don't see Tony Pollard having a breakout game here. I think we focused on the pass, uh, preparing for the running in the playoffs. So that's what it's gonna come down to. Uh, being able to move the ball. We got Brandon Aubrey. I believe he's gonna be a big help for us in the playoffs. I'm just saying, let's win these two in Dallas. If we got to see San Fran and San Fran, let's go whoop their ass there. Lamar Jackson is not the MVP. It's Dak Prescott. That's my MVP. He played lights out. He told you he wasn't going to have 10 picks this year, and damn it, he didn't. 
Dak Prescott have proved to the Bro. world and to all the haters that he is him. You won't, you ain't lying. I'm t- appreciate the call, big bro. Already, Scott. Listen, man. I I don't want to be fake to y'all because the only MVP I care about is February. But for the integrity of the award, because I'm, I'm a huge Lamar Jackson fan. Huge fan of Lamar Jackson. Number one defense. I'm not going to say ever. Clearly not ever. But they're about to do something that has never been done. Right? Ridiculous. The run game. Top three run game, I think. Right? And then just the statistical aspect of it. It is quite literally an, an average year. I mean, it's a, it's a... Okay, that's that's ignorant. It is an above average statistical year for 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 Lamar Jackson. I think it's way worse than what he did when he won the MVP. But that was real. Those were real numbers. So you go to Dak, right? Been the most consistent quarterback in the league, easily in my opinion. He's been the best quarterback in the league. Oh, it's not a quarterback award. Okay. He has no running game. <laughs> no running game. We are quite literally dependent. Now, you can say this about every quarterback, but seriously, we can't go into a game and be like, ah, Dak's off. We're going to turn around and hand it off 25, 30, 40 times. We don't have that, that luxury. Well, Sky's defense is top five. Fair. The defense, statistically, I think is like fifth or sixth in, in points per game. But be for real. Cowboys defense, Baltimore's defense. Which one? Take off the homer hat. Which one would you rather have? There's probably about five of the defenses playing better than the Cowboys defense over the last two months. But but I'm not knocking our guys because I do think we got the pieces and when those boys are rolling, they're rolling. But that ain't Baltimore. So what I'm getting at is, and this is not the knock, I'm not trying to knock because we can do this with Dak and, and Jalen Hurts and the players around him. We're just talking about the MVP award, right? Not only is Dak... One of the most valuable players in the league. So he got that out the way because that always comes up. Oh, valuable. But he's also t- statistically the best quarterback in the league. I think it's craziness. I think it's crazy that a quarterback with 24 touchdowns throwing the ball is about to win the award. Hell, don't even give it to Dak. I told you I want him to have a, a chip on his show to give it to Christian McCaffrey or somebody. I digress. So somebody, it was funny. Somebody said, making up names. It do sound like it, but Adam Pankey, Willington Prevlion, Racy McMath. Like, these are some crazy names. It definitely sounds like a key and, a key and uh, pill skit, for sure. That's that's true. He beat, he beat some good teams. He beat some good teams. Hell, it helps tremendously to have the best defense to do it, though. To get, the game in San Francisco until the third quarter or whatever was 5-3. to three. It looked like the San Francisco Giants versus the Baltimore Orioles. And then you got a whole bunch of interceptions and whatnot that put you on a 15 or 20 yard line and they converted. Salutes to them against the San Fran game. But if we would have had that defense against San Fran in San Fran, I think things would have been different. 100%. So if the award is going to go to a player because he beat two good teams, then give him no award. Give him no award. But this, and I hate it, because they're going to give it to him. 
But but you have to say this. If he wins that award, it is without a doubt quite possibly the worst MVP statistically of all time. Maybe maybe modern football. We will just say modern. But to say that is an MVP season. That's crazy to me. That is not that that is that is not an MVP season, bro. Not at all. And I like Lamar. I think Lamar is fantastic. One of the best quarterbacks in the league. I'd rather give it to Christian McCaffrey. Like 20-something touchdowns and like 2,000 all-purpose yards. Participation MVP, December MVP. Well, that's a good one, Marcus Harden. Hank E. Pank. Tyreek Hill. Although, I, you know, I think Lamb is the best receiver, but. A kicker won the award in 82. That's crazy. QB wins the worst stat in football. Yeah, if it's going to be about QB wins, then yeah, I mean, every year, throw the statistics out the window. Because growing up, it was it was mostly like did the stats, like where you would, it's an individual performance. That's what I thought, award. Did you individually play out your mind this year or whatever, and your team was good at the same time? Sometimes it didn't have to be. If it's, a, if it's a QB win stat, then you give it to the whoever, whoever the quarterback is that has the best record in the league. Funny thing, though, the Cowboys can end up finishing 12-5. and five. The Ravens can end up finishing 13-4. and four. That's a one-game difference. But I, yeah. just a weird, weird, weird year to give him the MVP, man. That's all I'm saying. Weird year. And I ain't hating on Lamar. I, I just I just think the process is flawed. But all that really matters is if four is holding up that MVP in February in Vegas, that trumps it. And to be honest, bro, I don't really want him to win it because you know what they're going to say. They're going to do exactly what I'm doing with Lamar. But I think it's legitimate with Lamar. They're going to say, ah, bad year. Dak won it. It doesn't count. When in reality, Dak is having a legitimate MVP statistical year and his team is 12 and 5. And likely to finish at the second seed in his conference and win the division. Remember that a couple weeks ago? Hey, you can't win the division. You can't be MVP without winning in division. Yeah, Philly. Hmm. What happened now? So screw it. They're not going to give him his credit for winning MVP. Even the Dak haters that don't like to, that wants him off this team can't stand him. You can sit there and tell him he was the MVP of the league. They don't care. Go win the MVP in February. Shuts all them dudes up. They mess around and still push the goalposts. At this rate, at this rate, they mess around and still move the goalposts on four, man. No matter, and I don't mean to get into this again, but no matter how much you hate this dude, like how, like all, you, 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 how all season, right? He's playing the way he's playing. I'm so curious if you go out here and you're not feeling good about your cue. You don't, you know what I mean? Like, what, what is, what is your mindset when you're out here as a Cowboy fan? All right, where we at? Four. Man, I saw a couple, but they're not letting me. Hmm. 
So I saw a couple. I don't know why. This must be a glitch. I believe these two from Sydney and Sully were from today. My apologies if there was more that was sent in. I, I can't. I, for whatever reason, they're not, they're not reloading this. So I got two of them. Sydney, you dropped five. I know Sully, Super you dropped chat. one earlier. And Sydney said, Cowboys Nation, do you trust Rico to stay healthy? Nah, that was always the case, right, Sydney? That's one of the main reasons why, you know, I never viewed Rico going into the season or going into camp as the end-all, be-all. I felt like, you know, it was Ronald Jones at one point. Whatever running back was in the draft before that, I'm like, yeah, you got you to gotta, you gotta add somebody to the stable. As much as I like how Rico plays, it's just I, don't, I can't trust him to stay healthy, and boom, here we are, not healthy. So now I don't think anybody trusts him to stay healthy. Super chat. Sully dropped five and said, do you know the breakdown of Rams win or lose versus Packers win or lose? It is it is complicated with all the scenarios. And y'all can help me out with this one, too. So if Rams win, Packers lose. Right. Rams win, Packers lose. Rams stay in the sixth seed. If Rams lose, Packers win, Packers go to the sixth seed, the Rams would come, will be the seventh seed, and they'll be going to Dallas. If Rams lose, Packers lose, Seattle wins, Seattle becomes the seventh seed. Yeah, Seattle becomes the seventh seed, right? Yeah, yeah. If Rams lose, the Packers lose. Seattle loses. I believe New Orleans, if they win, and there's some other losses in the NFC, AFC, NFC South, they become the seventh seed. So there's like four possibilities. You get Seattle, Packers, Rams, Nolans. With you being at the, at the second seed, those are your four possibilities. Now, the New Orleans one, it takes it takes a whole lot. I think they need like three teams to lose, and then they obviously got to win their game. And There's a bunch of things that got to go their way. The odds are you're likely going to see the Packers or the Rams. And I say that because the Rams are resting dudes, but so are San Fran. So if the Rams lose their game, you know, San Fran wins. I'm sorry, if the Rams win their game, they stay in the sixth seat. If the Packers win their game and the Packers have to win, the, pa- the pa- this isn't no, oh, we can just rest and chill. The Packers are going to go play a, a Bears team that's, Awful team. The quarterback's playing better, but they have two victories, right? And they got to win, so they can't go out there and lay down. And they're going to be at home. So if the Packers win, they get in. They're the the seventh seed. But if they were to somehow lose, then Seattle is in play. And no, a lot of people, and we'll talk about scenarios tomorrow because I don't want to give away too much. Me and me and Koya are going to talk about some scenarios. A lot of people bringing up the Rams. Look, you're going to play a good team. I personally think Seattle played you tough. Seattle's going to be a tough, just as tough, if not tougher matchup, too. Yeah, Puka and, and Kyron, and we play running backs, you know, and, and, and Stafford. And you've, play, you've played that squad multiple times lately. Cup and all that, but as wild as it sounds, Still like the matchup out there. Whereas we saw with Seattle, they got three legitimate dudes that can cause issues matchup-wise. But getting ahead of ourselves, man. Cowboys got to take care of business. 
in Washington. They get the second seed and just line them up, knock them down, bring them. Line them up, knock them down. Yeah, Walker. Well, we yeah, they didn't have Walker, but then I can say Rams didn't have Kyron. But you know, but yeah, Walker. Walker is. I personally think their backfield's better, even though I like Kyron. I think Walker and Charbonnet is a better backfield. All right, Cowboys Nation. Good show today. New will be one. Tomorrow, we'll be bringing on Okoye. We're going to break down everything that's happened this week in Dallas. The signings, the cuts, um, the preparation for Washington, potential playoff scenarios, MVP conversations. This is going to basically be kind of a, a free for all Friday, really. Freestyle Friday with me and Okoye. Obviously, you guys will be a part of it with the Ask Okoye situation at the end. So it'll be a good one, man. So make sure y'all tune in. Uh, no show later on Vox's channel, but there will be a show here on this channel, A to Z Sports Primetime with Mo. And look out in the offseason. I was just talking to Zach about this. We might be doing a midday thing uh, in the offseason. Not necessarily an everyday show, but but y'all know me. I mean, y'all know me here, but those who know me behind the scenes, I don't, I don't stop. The brain is always working. The wheels are always spinning. I'm always trying to make this show better for y'all and for me there's always these different points halfway point i'm trying to tweak something end of the season i'm trying to tweak the off season and when the off season's over i'm trying to tweak the start of the next season so things could look different feel different but still be that same fire show in the morning that i give y'all so stay tuned for that not saying it's going to be a midday show but we may do something during the midday from time to time that's all that's all man with that said cowboys nation press this button if y'all haven't checked out that Cat Williams joint, I mean, technically, if you're on social media, you, you're going to get all the clips anyway. Here, I thought it was a 35-minute little dip, right? So I'm like, let me go on Club Shay Shay. But two hours and 45 minutes. It's worth your time, though, man. It's worth the time. It's really good. Really good. Appreciate you, Ricky. Love y'all. We out of here. Peace.